Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Welcome to the good life with niggas of CLD. Won't even get pulled over in they new V. The good life, let's go on a living spree. Shit, they say the best things in life are free. The good life. It feel like Atlanta, it feel like LA, it feel like Miami, it feel like NY, summertime shy, ah. Now so I roll through good, y'all pop the trunk, I pop the hood, Ferrari. And she got the goods, and she got that ass, I got to look, sorry. Yo, it's got to be, cause I'm seasoned, haters give me them salty looks, Larry's. 50 told me, gon' hate switch the style up, and if they hate, then let them hate and watch the money pile up. The good life, I go for mine, I got to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky, I go for mine, I got to shine. 
The girls who ain't on TV cause they got more ass than the models. The good life to keep it coming with the bottles. So she feel booze like she bombed out Apollo. The good life, it feel like Houston. It feel like Philly. It feel like DC. It feel like VA or the Bay or yay. Hey, this is the good life. Welcome to the good life. Homie, tell me what's good. Why I only got a problem when you in the hood? Welcome to the good life. Like I'm doing the hood. The only thing I wish. I wish a nigga would. Welcome to the good life. He probably think he could, but but I don't think he should. Welcome to the good life. If I told me go ahead and switch the style up, and if they hate, then let them hate and watch the money pile up. The good life. Come for mine. Yeah, I got to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. Come for mine. I got to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. I'ma get on every beat, mama. I'ma I'ma push it down. Hey. You ever pop champagne on a plane? Why get in some brain with it? As he said, I never seen snakes on a plane. Whether you broke or rich, you gotta get this. Having money's not everything that happened, it is. I was splurging on trips, but when I get my car back activated, I'm back to Vegas. Cause I always had a passion for flashing. Before I had it, I closed my eyes and imagined the good life. Welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. It is Friday, folks. We have made it to Friday. Man, five days in a row. We did it. We are so close to, to the holidays and, and New Year's and all of that stuff that I'm so, so scared of. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, the loyal listeners can probably tell. Um, uh, Sandra told me, like, I can tell your voice. Uh, something was uh, different in it. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra, for noticing. Um, but, yeah, so your boy, it turns out it rained in L.A. And uh, for, for people that I know, you guys probably, it's like, it's like you guys know me in terms of my health, and now I'm really freaked out of getting sick because I've gotten sick so many times. So I woke up with a sore throat, and I had it last. Well, I had it last night, but then I woke up and it was worse, and I got freaked out. But then I was like, okay, there's a change in weather, blah blah blah. And um, today was supposed to be Real Housewives of Orange County episode two recap, which I took insane an insane amount of notes. And if you saw that once, you guys saw that one scene with Terry and Heather when they started laughing in front of Nicole's face. And you guys, I was ready to blow your eardrums with that. I am I am ready to blow your eardrums with that. But I hope you're proud of me. I, I have learned. It, it's only taken so many years of my life. But I have learned that I'm not going to push my voice um, uh, tonight because I want to be able to enjoy it and not get sick because what happens is then my body breaks down for a week and I'm just in misery as the holidays and you you guys know so I'm going to be doing that over the weekend when I'm sure that I'm like here's the deal I'm probably going to wake up tomorrow everything's going to be great it was just an off day um, and I've been uh, drinking throat coat tea with honey 
um, lozenges, hot shower. I've done it all. So I've taken the necessary precautions. I'm not, I'm trying not to be an idiot with this stuff. Uh, but, but my main thing was, I didn't want to let you guys down. And I know you're like, Oh, who cares? There's so many podcasts, but I really, really love doing these recaps. And I think you guys dig them too. So just be very aware that the OC recaps will be happening every week. I'm going to try to do this tomorrow if I feel good, uh, and it'll probably be up over the weekend, if not on Monday, and I'll just release double episodes with Sophie and this, because I have a lot to say about OC. The second episode, was there was so much goodness in there, and I took so many notes. It took me two hours to take... I've always told you guys, I know when a show is good when it takes me two hours to take notes on a 43-minute show because I have to keep pausing and rewinding, pausing and rewinding to try to get what they all said. And uh, I got to tell you, so far, I am really loving OC. In fact, Lala Kent uh, actually commented on one of my Instagram posts saying that she loves OC too. And I was like, girl, how are you doing? You know what I'm saying? I played Kanye at the beginning there, that mashup with uh, Daft Punk, because... <clears throat> Kanye and Drake played a concert together in Los Angeles at the Coliseum, which is a stadium, and they streamed it on Amazon. So I watched the entire thing, and I'm so. Here's another reason I was smart, you guys. My friend Lara, who loves Kanye, invited me to go to the show tonight, and um, and I I turned it down. Um, I, I just I knew it wasn't going to be great to be out in the cold. Uh, and I just wasn't feeling it. And for me to turn down a concert, you guys, you guys know I live for concerts, but I'm glad I did. I mean, it was good. Kanye played so many hits, more than I've ever seen. I've seen Kanye a lot, and he was playing all bangers. But then Drake set, I think there must have been something off with the time, because I think Drake, Drake did his first set, and it wasn't any hits. So I think his second set must have got canceled, where he was going to do all hits. I don't know. It was weird. Um but I forgot, you know, we, I, Kanye is such a complicated figure because we, I mean, me and so many of us, I, I grew up on that music, man. I loved so many great moments in my life. That was the soundtrack to his songs. And so to hear those again and him out there, and I was just like, man, I love, and I know that's the whole, you know, he, he doesn't have to be who we want him to be, but sometimes it's nice to revisit that stuff, you know? Sometimes it's nice. I remember I saw Prince a lot, and Prince, I remember, was in this phase. I think it was like his musicology album, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but, uh, you know, he wasn't playing his hits, quote-unquote. And, uh, you know, he was still amazing, like, you know, musical genius, but if you're not you know, it's not those classic albums. And then I remember he headlined Coachella and I was like, well, you know, I've seen him a couple times. I, I, I bet he's just going to be doing his like songs that nobody knows. And he fucking, it was wall to wall bangers. And I was like, this guy, this guy came to play. Like, I love it when, you know, they're aware of the songs that we love, but they're artists. So they got to do things that they love. But sometimes there's a magical moments where they either combine artistry and popularity or they put artistry to the, to the side and just do stuff for, for the fans, you know? Um, so it was cool to see Kanye do all hits. And uh, I'm glad Pete Davidson didn't come out. I'm glad Kim Kardashian. There, I was really scared, you guys, that Travis Scott was going to be there. Because, you guys, he did. Travis Scott, <clears throat> Travis Scott did an hour-long interview with Charlemagne the God um, that was released today, I believe, or released Thursday. 
and uh, he has taken no responsibility. I mean, he says he feels tragic and all that stuff, but that was not his responsibility. Um, it, you know, you guys got to listen to it. I didn't realize what kind of made me mad. It turns out I didn't realize over Thanksgiving he went golfing with Mark Wahlberg and Michael Jordan. And I was like, man, wow. Like maybe, you know, I'm sure that was for his spirit and, you know, I'm sure he does feel bad, but maybe don't, you know, go golfing over Thanksgiving with huge celebrities. Like it just, I heard that and I was like, wow, out there on the links, huh? You know, like I've, you know, I, I went through a divorce. I didn't go out of my house for like a month, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you were part of something responsible for many, many deaths and just you know, PTSD for potentially 50,000 people, which by the way, we talk a lot about that in today's episode. So, you know, before I start rambling, because I want to talk to you guys about everything. And now I have a list of stories built up and all of that stuff. So I just want to make sure I feel good. I hope you guys, um, are cool with that. Um, but I thought this week, I'm, I'm so proud of this week, you guys, Ebony Williams. Um, I know some of you guys don't like her, but I think if you, if you listen, I'm really proud of that interview. Um, you know, uh, yesterday's RuPaul from Discovery Plus. That was a very intense interview, but I'm so happy we did it. Um, of course, Sophie, we had the Queen of Versailles on. And uh, I keep meaning to tell you, <clears throat> there was something cut out of that interview. I mean, it was up there in the beginning. And then I talked to um, a friend or, or a listener that I consider a friend that uh, I really respect. And, you know, the Queen of Versailles, she had said something that was incorrect, and I did not stop her. And <clears throat> this is also, you know, kind of thinking about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which was a batshit crazy episode this uh, this past week. But Mary Cosby said that bullshit about, you know, oh, you know, Mexicans and the cartels, you know, all of this stuff. It was just craziness, and it shows kind of what a, uh, you know, kind of the 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 racism that Mary Cosby holds, which is very interesting when she um, says that she, you know, that people are being racist against her, but her own internal biases are wild, you know, and we know it's Mary Cosby. So sometimes she gets this weird pass. And by the way, this is what I talked about with Ebony and uh, Ebony K. Williams this week in regards to Ramona. But there was a thing and in my, so we were talking, um, you know, the Queen of Versailles and myself and uh, Jackie and we were talking about the death of her daughter due to, to an overdose. And she brought up that the drugs were coming in because of open borders and things like that, which is just not um, true. And in that moment, I was aware of what she said. And I didn't say I, I just listened. And in my head, I thought, oh, shit. But I didn't, and this is where I failed as a host, I didn't want in that moment, or at least I thought I shouldn't be like, well, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, but I didn't do that at all. And I left that in initially, and I woke up to a message that I read, and I I uh, went back and listened to it. And it was kind of a, a failure on my part. And I know we were talking about something deep, and I don't want to, I didn't want to get it onto something else, but there was no excuse for that. So I did take it out of the show, and uh, I wanted to let you guys know, because I'm not trying to pull any kind of fast ones on you, and I think these last couple of years have been, um, you know, I think uh, they've been 
a learning experience for all of us. Uh, but it was a, I don't know, it was, it was interesting. I've thought about it all week <clears throat> and I'm sorry to get so serious right now. It, it's just kind of my voice is also lower because my throat hurts, but I wanted to bring that up to you guys. Um, just to know that I do know right from wrong and, uh, I should have said something in the moment and it was in a very, I think, important lesson that, uh, I don't know, all of these things are kind of like things that you are trying to get better at or, you know, that's why I was kind of bummed out about that and, and my, my, what I did. And then I was very happy about the Ebony interview. Cause I was like, I thought, I thought that really connected and I'm happy about this next interview. Cause it was the same day I did the Ebony uh, interview. I did like three interviews that day and this was the last one of the day. And it was a lot of fun. These girls, um, these ladies, they're brilliant. They're lawyers or, you know, one's a lawyer and so one's, one's almost a lawyer, uh, but they're also friends and they have a great sense of humor. They're smart as whips. I really highly recommend their podcast. It's called Allegedly Bravo. Um, and I think you guys are really going to dig it. The uh, Instagram is of the same name. I know they just started a Patreon as well. Their names are Lauren and Cash, and I think you're going to love them. And I thought, I can't do the OC, but I wanted to leave with something that's informative, but also funny. I think we had a really good time. Um, at the end of that, I was like, you know what? that it couldn't have gone better. And, you know, we were just all laughing and I was like, I can't wait to talk to these ladies again. And, uh, I just, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts anymore. And I listened to a couple episodes of theirs, especially the Astro World one, which I talk about. And it was very heavily detailed and kind of changed my opinion on a couple of things, which I think is the highest compliment <clears throat> when you listen to something or read something to actually absorb it and to have it change. Uh, the way that you think a little bit. Um, but I don't want to say this is not even super serious, all of this, because we laugh a lot. And I thought this might be a good way to start the weekend for you guys. And then when I get my voice at 100%, I am going to kill my Terry DeBro imitation. Um, you guys thought Lisa Renna cackled loud. Terry DeBro, baby. It's go. And I'm not going to even do the voice now because I already can feel my voice hurt. So, um, okay. I hope you guys have the best weekend ever. Like I always say, hang out with the people that you love hope you eat something good hope you drink something good hope you see something cool hope you listen to good music i hope you uh start planning for uh the holidays because you're going to see all your family uh, i hope you're safe this weekend remember covid's still going around so be as safe as you possibly can and uh i will talk to you guys at least over the weekend or not and also patreon baddies all you guys uh, you, uh, only half of our Patreon subscribers have filled out the, uh, the holiday card form to get a holiday card. And I want to send it out. This is a personal, personalized holiday card that me and Meditza Lopez have worked on. So please, uh, fill out that form if you'd like to get a holiday card, uh, before Christmas. And that is it, you guys. Thank you so much for everything. And, uh, I will talk to you very soon. And here is allegedly Bravo. E uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Today, I have so uh, somebody that I want you guys to check out. Um, I, I, they're a newer podcast, but I think it's really worth your time because they're talking about uh, a lot of the same Bravo issues, legal issues about other pop culture events and things that we all talk about, but they're doing it from the perspective of two lawyers or through that kind of lens that I think is so important. I mean, we make a lot of jokes here, but there is another side of it and you really want the factual things. And I listened to their episode they did a couple of weeks ago on the World tragedy, and I thought it was just so... Uh, it was so informative um, and it really 
it really made me think differently of uh, the whole tragedy. And I, I, uh, I, I mean that as the highest compliment, but we're going to talk about a lot of different things today. So let's introduce you to them. Allegedly Bravo is the podcast. Cash and Lauren, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. Hello. Um, so how did you guys meet? Why are you, why are you doing this? There's no reason anybody should grow up to be podcasters. What happened? <laughs> you want to say cash? Go ahead. No, you can, you could go Lauren. <laughs> okay. So we, <laughs> we met in law school and, um, we actually met in line getting meatballs because our law school had a bodega downstairs and, um, she was telling me all about how she likes her meatball subs and giving Wait, where, me all Where these- did you go to law school where there was like a big meatball, uh, <laughs> contingent um, of a meatball factory, yeah, yeah. Like the old <laughs> yeah. spaghetti company law factory. Yeah, <laughs> We went to school down in San Diego at the Thomas Jefferson school of law, mm-hmm. which by the way, notable alumni include Emily Simpson from the real housewives of orange County. Did Shane Simpson go there? By the way, no, we <laughs> Shane just passed. We found out on orange County last week I because know. of a technicality. I know. I know. I wish I could have been so lucky, but I just well, straight up failed. <laughs> I know. I heard. Well, we'll get into that in a second. But you, you guys met getting meatballs, and then oh, yeah. mm-hmm. how did you both discover that you you liked Bravo? Oh, it was just like instant. We pretty much just like fell instantly into best friendhood, and yeah, I think with any Bravo addict, it comes up very quickly in a conversation, and. Yeah, Lauren how do you I... test the waters? Like, what is the first Bravo <laughs> reference? Anybody will be like, oh, that's total Countess Luann thing. You just like, what is the thing that will be like safe enough to like throw out there that somebody can pick it up without thinking you're weird if they don't watch it? Yeah, I do always like a catchphrase like, oh, that's so chic, say la vie. And then I'm like, <laughs> was that you? Do you, do you get it? <laughs> and um, my, fa- my favorite quote is that even Louis Vuitton makes mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, I mean, so you guys meet you, you're and how many years ago is this? Gosh, oh my gosh, I, I lost all concept of time with 2014. 2014. Okay. Yeah. So math six years. Is that six or seven? Math is hard. Carry, yeah. the, carry the one. I think. Yeah. yeah I think you're in the um, do you, uh, so then when does it come apart where you're like, I want to take this a step further and actually speak about these issues. Was it the Erica Jane trial? Was it, or the Eric, not the trial, but the Erica Jane stuff, what actually made okay. you think like we should jump into this and kind of explain our thoughts? So we always had this idea to start a podcast. We couldn't really figure out what area we knew we wanted it to be legal, but we're also not two gals that are super serious. You know, we take our, our education and our profession seriously, but we do like to have fun and we have a sense of humor. We like to talk trash about the housewives and gossip. And so I think it was always there. And then when the Erica Jane stuff happened and really when Jen Shaw got arrested, I remember us picking up the phone and being like, this is crazy. Like we've got Teresa Giudice, we've got the Erica Jane, you know, we've got the little arrest here and there, but with Jen Shaw getting arrested on camera, we're like, we've got to cover this. Mm-hmm. And just so you know, uh, I mean, you guys started the podcast before we, before a couple of weeks ago. Oh you yeah. Mean, you mean when Jen Shaw initially got arrested, when yeah. it actually mm-hmm. happened and it like yeah. came down before the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in March, so yeah. really it was, so it really was in March and we just really picked it up and bought our microphones on Amazon and we're recording. And if you listen to our earlier episodes, our audio is very 
is very novice take on podcasting, but yeah, it's kind of evolved from there. And our housewives keep disappointing us and giving us more content, more content. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think, uh, it is weird. I just don't, I mean, I, we grew up with the housewives, but at the same time, I feel like there's never been a time where so many housewives have had legal, uh, actions or, or just the, the, the whole legal profession seems to be geared towards housewives now where Mm -hmm. it it didn't, I mean, I know there was like Teresa and things of that nature, but it seems like there is such a, uh, you know, uh, a spotlight on all of these ladies in terms of like what they're doing criminally and mm-hmm. allegedly and all of these words that we don't use as we use them all the time. Now, what do you think it is? Why do you think these kind of people are attracted to being housewives in the first place? Because they're fame obsessed and they're narcissists. Yeah. And yeah. I think that the housewives have really propelled into the reality show ether in the last couple of years. I mean, of course, all of us OGs who have been around and been with it since the beginning, but I think it's really gained steam and popularity. And there's, especially with social media, TikTok, like we're seeing our housewives and commercials now. Kyle Richards is doing Christmas movies. Like there is just this like- Wait, wait, wait. Halloween isn't a Christmas movie. That's a a Halloween movie. Oh, you mean the Hallmark? Okay, I got it. I was like, wait. I was like, what kind of sick person are you? That's not a Christmas movie. I mean, for me, I love Halloween. So I could watch it on Christmas. But, you know, there really is this like obsession with fame. And I don't know if Lauren agrees or if she has a different theory, but that's where I, that's where I stand. I also think it has to do with the fact that like, we've really watched these women evolve from like being straight up housewives, like married with kids and babies running carpool to these women who have like started businesses, started careers on their own, and now have like way more opportunity to kind of step in the mud, you know? And they always, always step in the mud. I mean, so (laughs) We've had two, the, the big shining spotlights on Housewives in this last couple of years or this last year and a half has been, of course, the Erica Jane and the Jen Shaw. Now, the difference, of course, is we've talked about, and I know you guys know listening at home, you know this ad nauseum, is that Erica Jane has not been charged with anything, whereas Jen Shaw, she is kind of the head of the top of the pyramid. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Even that tier A as the... Um, assistant U.S. attorney's office has, mm-hmm. has stated in yeah. terms now, of her criminal behavior. <laughs> are you on your show? Do you, I mean, I, I've, I've listened to a couple of episodes that haven't really been Bravo related. Even your newest episode, like I said, goes through an update on Astroworld, the Alec Baldwin tragedy, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Jesse Smollett um, thing, you know, you really, the wide range of pop culture stories but do you guys give personal opinions on what you think, or is it very cut and dry because the law can be very cut and dry? I think one of the fun parts about like doing this with uh, my best friend and, and I'll just speak for myself is like, we really get to like speculate a lot and sort of like, you know, we have this relationship where we can like talk normally with each other, but also like with this deep understanding of the law. So we're really able to like speculate, give our opinions. And we always say like, this isn't legal advice. This is, we're just here to have fun and we're here to chit chat and uh, do elevated shit talking, you know? Yeah. Is the the law fun? 
Uh, it can it be. <laughs> and let me tell you for anybody out there, if any of your listeners who are in law school or thinking about going to law school, the housewives and these situations are what we call the perfect fact pattern. And mm-hmm. in law school, you get these crazy wild two, three page fact patterns that you have to go through, analyze and apply the law to the set of facts, you know, and Ooh, I like give this. this, give your legal analysis. And really that's what we're doing in our podcasts. Like we're sitting down and looking at a set of facts and applying it to the law and giving our opinions, shit talking, giving that little bit of legal analysis. And we're really, we're not trying to be a lecture because yeah. There are, go listen to NPR, go listen to the New York Times, you know, Washington Post, you'll get that. But here we're really just trying to have a conversation and make it fun and understandable for the average person. Yeah. Can you, I mean, take us through something like Erica Jane from the outside when you look at, uh, you know, look at her case or it's not really a case. It's about like money and keeping money and all Mm -hmm. that. If you apply what you were just talking about from an outsider's perspective with as much shit talking as you can, how would you guys, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's really hard to sum up, but where do you think we stand with her and where do you think we're going next? That is such an intense layered question. They, oh, thank you so much. I, that that's, is, that's really what real. I'm known for. It's my <laughs> NPR and me. Uh. I mean, I, am I okay, allowed to curse? Yes, please. My God. I, yes. I, I think she's fucked. And but in what way? Just financially or financially? Yeah. And we talk about this a lot on our podcast. Like we really try to break the process down so people understand because I think it becomes convoluted and confusing the civil criminal world. Like Jen Shaw's in criminal land. You know, she's facing prison time. Yeah. She's being prosecuted by the feds, which is, we can get into that later. Like bad. That's, that's, bad. that's not great. <laughs> Like that's a hard, they always get you on conspiracy regardless. And then we have Erica Jane who's in civil land and bankruptcy land. And so she's being sued, you know, by, we've got uh, Girardi Kisa's trust. We've got Tom Girardi, we've got the victims and hers. She's just going to be bankrupted basically. Yeah. And she's going to have to start from the beginning. And I think that's going to be difficult when I say she's going to be fucked is because she is somebody who prides herself, as we all know, on money and wealth and, you know, s- social stature. And mm-hmm. this is really hard for her. I don't know if she'll face criminal proceedings because we haven't really seen evidence that she was, you know, like, yeah, involved of, really. or, or, or with knowledge Tom was of. more so the actor. Yeah. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Well, and that, that's, you know, he really uh, took advantage of the California legal system in really disgusting ways, uh, you know, studying the law. And I, I, my roommate's a lawyer and, and she always tells me, she's like, you know, we, you know, lawyers get a bad rap, but like, we really, you know, this is very serious. We do respect the law. We do respect, you know, there is a reason we are lawyers. We do believe in this. And what he did was so mm-hmm. beyond the pale that, and, and the, the California Bar Association was even a part of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that shocking to you guys being from law, you know, coming from law school? Yeah. Well, I'm not a member of the bar yet. I have yet to pass the bar. Like, been trying so hard. I know. I, like, saw, I heard that in one of your episodes. So and I was like, oh, I'm so. the Shane. She's the Emily, but we might have to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we might have to adjust that now. 
but yeah, wait, um, wait, wait. you know what really quick i know what i what i love that you said you said i'm going to take a second to feel down about this and then i'm getting right back up on the horse that, yeah. i think that's what you said and yeah. that's amazing like that's it's really not about like how you know, you fall, it's really about how you get back up. Cause this, yeah. this stuff is hard. My roommate like moved from Chicago and, and then she failed the first time and yeah. had to, you know, retake. It's, it's really hard. so it's hard. And it's like, it really gets you down. And then honestly though, like doing this podcast and seeing things like what to bring it back to Tom Girardi, like what Tom Girardi did and how he really disrespected his position, like on, as a member of the bar you know, it's like, it makes you realize like, okay, I need to keep doing this. I need to get back up on the horse because there needs to be good attorneys out there who are good people who are going to like really fight for their clients. And most every attorney I know does, this is like a very crazy situation. I think obviously if you talk to anybody who goes to law school, they probably have this like anecdotal story about the reason, the moment they realized they wanted to be an attorney. And a lot of times it has to do with helping people, you know, helping indigent clients have access to confident, strong legal representation. And it's really disheartening to see somebody take advantage of a vulnerable group of people to finance his life and yeah, to finance to, to his wife's life. career. Yeah. Allegedly. Well, alleged that that is, I mean, yeah. allegedly Bravo, but Tom has, Tom has a lot in common with what we uh, celebrate in a lot of housewives. It's mm-hmm. complete like ego. It's like over, you know, these baubles and like this, you know, I was talking about this yesterday of just like with these women that marry for, um, uh, you know, allegedly not love, but like, uh-huh. I, I wonder, I wonder if you could actually talk honestly with Erica Jane, if saying like, do you have, um, what's your relationship with money now? Do you mm-hmm. regret, you know, what do you have the same, you know, like want and desire for the, the best things in the world? Or have you realized that's a falsity and you actually would just really want to be in love? I don't, think it's changed. And this is me speculating, obviously, but I don't think it really has changed her I know. her perception because look at how she handled and rebounded from this yeah. fall. Yeah. She went and got a huge house to rent, even though to her standards, it was something small, but still wearing the Dolce Gabbana Versace robe, going out to get her pizza, you know, <laughs> still has the Range Rover, all these nice cars and all of this things that we of the common folk over here see as something of value and prestige. And it's, I think what a lot of people wanted her to do was have this humbling moment where she gets a one bedroom apartment and has a roommate and Mm -hmm. drives her Civic from live in, live in Tom Sandoval's old apartment where the microwave didn't work with the, you know, with the AC unit and you gotta like put, put your tinfoil hat on to get the electricity going. Like, but, but I mean, like the ego right there is I even saw her tonight, like all gussied up for the People's Choice Awards. If she does have to file bankruptcy, I know Tom has already filed bankruptcy. If she does um, and that goes through, are you allowed then like legally to be bragging about what you're wearing and glam squads and all of that stuff? Because I don't think that's going to stop on the show. Like if she does file for bankruptcy, in your opinion, are you allowed to then like brag about anything you get from that point on? Hey, I you mean, can do you can do whatever you want. Yeah, you can <laughs> say anything, anything really, but it's like, is it smart? Not really. But like, she's, not, if, she's not really gone with the smart way to right, go. Exactly. You know? It's like, but I think at this point we've seen that apparently the people who get arrested on TV just like absolutely love returning back 
to the screen and getting back in front of that camera and showing up with their lawyers even. And, you know, well, they always say, you know, you know, a, a murderer always goes back to the scene of his crime at some <laughs> yeah. point. Like there's like, I, I think the amazing thing about housewives is that they, there's not a lot of, uh, I learned from my behavior and I right. grew wiser. Like that, that's the best almost, part. <laughs> we we yeah. almost count. We bank on that. You know, yeah. we bank on them not learning. I think what's different for me and a lot of the people I talk with is that I don't know. It's like starting to make me feel icky. You know, like I like when people mm-hmm. lie and yeah. cheat. Like lie and cheat like all day long. Yes, cheat on your spell, which is just gross in itself. But right. when it starts like you're stealing money potentially. We watched you spend all the money. And we know where that money was from. And then mm-hmm. you kind of feel, or Jen Shaw, like it's like, it starts to make us like, I just want housewives to like lie and cheat. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about stealing anymore, it's, you know? Yeah. It's because we want our housewives to lie and cheat in their own little bubble and for it to be a victimless lying and cheating. Like, yeah, yeah, do yeah. you be a sociopath on screen, you know, be in as much credit card debt as you want and whatever. But when you start to bring in these other people who don't want to be a part of this life and who are only trying to get by to live and pay for their surgery and yeah, money their that they're owed, graphs. their skin yeah. grafts, that's when I think even the lowest level of bottom feeders of Bravo fans, it bothers them. Yeah. Well, when I saw Homeland Security pop on screen, I'm like, whoa. Ooh. I mean, like everybody was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, wait a sec, wait a sec. Like, are we in trouble now? Like, I mean, like, yeah. Homeland, Security, like Homeland Security, they're supposed to protect, like, wait, we need protected from Jen Shaw. Like it, it puts it into a whole nother level. And, you know, b- the Erica Jane aside, Jen is actually the perpetrator where she was part of a criminal organization mm-hmm. kind of. And at the top of that, in your legal opinion, how fucked is she? Ooh, major. <laughs> okay. So I was a former prosecutor for about two years before I left my job during COVID to then go on to different ventures and start this podcast. But, but <laughs> I was doing little misdemeanor crimes, but I was still very much involved in the criminal justice system. And I have a family friend whose wife was prosecuted criminally at the federal level. And when I tell you, they'll get you even if they don't have enough evidence to prove the crime, they'll get you on the conspiracy. And let, she went to prison for 16 months. I think that Jen Shaw is probably facing a couple years in prison. Oh, and I mean, is she, definitely. Is, is she going to a maximum security prison? No, she's probably going to go to one of those little boot camps that, was it Felicity Hoffman? Yeah, Felicity Hoffman. And uh, who was the other? Uh, Lori uh, Laughlin. Lori Laughlin, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's going to go to one of those, but it's not looking good based on the evidence that Lauren and I have reviewed and the motions that we've reviewed, the complaint, the everything. If you get, if if we, if I find out there's free Wi-Fi in prison, I will commit a financial crime (laughs) immediately. That's like what I do all day. Anyways, I'm in a prison of my own already. Right. Um, (laughs) That is the, you know, you, you reading the documents and things like that. That's where. I really think there's got to be an easier way to write these documents. Oh my God. The double spacing. Like when did, I mean, I know this is a dumb question, but when did this start the way you guys write your legal page? Like this is, I've looked at some of my roommate stuff. I'm like, we can cut down 50 of these pages easily. You know? Oh my God. It's insane. And it's like, it's gotten so much better. Like this is easier than like back in the day when they were like, henceforth, therefore, 
the yeah, language like, is so bizarre. Like, is there like a like is there like a final draft for lawyers where? Because I feel like you just have to remember all these different formats. Like, oh no! Well, I do. Well, I was the assistant, so I had to remember like twenty eight lines, twelve point five font, like all that kind of stuff. Well, and every court's different, so you have a local rule of court that sets guidelines for their motions. You have the court of appeals, federal courts. Like, there are different types of guidelines for each court yeah so nobody can do like when everybody used to make their like aol instant messenger and you could you could have like different <laughs> no. fonts and all that so, like, nobody's like wow i really love these little fonts you know what? they'll no. kick it out well <laughs> they do in what is called a pro per where you represent yourself you do see a lot of that <laughs> really wow like you could can you put like uh memes and stuff in there like <laughs> i've seen some crazy things in my day especially defendants who are representing themselves we would we would get a lot of sovereign citizens and a lot of like constitutionalists that would want to represent themselves in court. And we would see very interesting things. Um, so Jen Shaw, we have a court date. I believe it's March 22nd in the Southern District of New York. We start the trial. Stuart Smith, uh, her second in command, has supposedly flipped. Now, if you say Jen Shaw is going to get a couple of years now, they have not sentenced Stuart yet, but they I'm assuming the deal isn't like he doesn't get any time. He just gets a lessened sentence for his participation, I believe. Do you know what sentencing sentencing guidelines are for somebody that participates? Or I mean, somebody that actually flips and starts working towards their case? So it depends because really at this point, we don't know for sure that he's a cooperating witness with the prosecution. I thought we, we did hear that. I thought we heard that he he was or or something, right? I, thought- I haven't seen a document that says that. I've only seen that he entered a plea. And I think it's just simply speculation at this point. Well, I'm sorry. Bravo meme account said it would happen. So <laughs> I know it's got to be true. Like, so it's it. He did enter a plea where he switched his plea from not guilty to guilty. And we can just kind of yes. we assume that that means that he's going to testify against Jen Shaw and turn her in. But we don't know for sure. Like, that's just kind of like what we're hypothesizing or whatever you say. Hypothesizing. Hypothesizing. Yeah. yeah. Hypotheticalizing. I, um <laughs> The housewife and the Shaw Shocker, the Hulu special. Did you watch it? Breaking down of the Gen Shaw case. I yes. did. Yes, and did I didn't you guys, love it. Why? Why didn't you love it? It. Lord and I have talked about this. It did not give us anything we didn't already know, except for we got to meet Koa, which was great, and we were exposed to the volatility of Gen Shaw in those video clips and the audio clips that she's appears to be physically and verbally abusive to her staff. Yeah. That was a that was a positive, as well as hearing victim statements from other lead lists, predatorial cases. So that was nice. But really, we didn't get anything new, in my opinion. What did you think? I liked it. I, you know, I do have to say, I thought it was interesting that they brought the aunt in the auntie. And I was wondering, like. I had so many questions about that because it seemed like the auntie was kind of saying that like, because Jen was bullied, that's why she is maybe committing a crime. That's what I said. It it gave her origin story of like, this is Mm -hmm. the why of doing this because she was ashamed of her skin and she was bullied because of it. And like, this leads to financial crimes, but I don't know that I've like you guys, I, I mean, this is what I think about all day nonstop. And I think there's like this darker, I mean, I do believe there is evil in people. I know there's a lot of good in people as well, but mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I 
I think this is, I think she is a full blown liar. Like I mm-hmm. think she, but by the way, full blown liars are really entertaining and warm at times. Like I don't believe like full blown liars aren't like just a hundred percent evil. There's still some amazing things. And like, but I believe she is so used to lying. I believe every aspect of her life probably has mm-hmm. a lie in it. And that is just how she is used to living her life. So when shit like that happens, where she gets a phone call saying to leave, she, her pulse doesn't get raised. She's just used yeah. to this anyways, you know? I, I mean that. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I think she's a pathological liar. Exactly. And so yeah. it just echoes what you just said. But I, I really believe that she's a pathological liar and she spiraled. And that's why we're starting to see this in the early stages of the season. You're seeing this like reckoning that she's having because I don't think she liked the way that she came off last season. And so she's coming to terms with, you know, things that she said to people, she's going on this like apology to her, like Ramona, mm-hmm. because she doesn't like the way that the optics of how she was portrayed last season. And so I think that narcissist gets triggered where she's like, oh my gosh, I need to make sure people like me. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think she's really ever telling the truth. I think she's just telling people what they want to hear. Well, I think she controls the narrative too, by then leapfrogging and pointing out an issue of like, oh, you're being racist towards me. It's almost like a leapfrog of like, okay, but I'll tell you why I'm such, uh, you know, insanely angry. It's because I'm being, uh, there's racist uh, act re- reacting to me. Like it, it just immediately leapfrogs over to something. And I feel like she's very comfortable accusing people of huge things. Now, Mary mm-hmm. is on the other hand, you know, Salt Lake is kind of doing this not wonderful thing, but it's a very interesting thing where they don't even have to focus on Jen because Mary's there and Mary's yeah. a different form of like, I don't even know if it's necessarily lying. It's just the, her mind doesn't work in a normal mind's way. So she just, I don't even like, I try to think about the motivations and all of this stuff. And, and Mary, I, I know we can't use really the word crazy, but there is something that doesn't, doesn't add up with me. I mean, I really don't even know how to say it, but she's, she's grasping at straws. So she says the wildest shit. Yeah. I feel like with Jen, I feel like Jen is just a bad seed, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie where it's like, there's a bad seed, like just not a good person. And with Mary, I feel like she's just kind of kooky. Like she definitely grew up in a very strange environment with like, uh, very matriarchal society. I mean, clearly she married her grandpa. Like that's not normal. Like, well, come, no, I mean, my family, we've come from a long line of people that married their grandfathers. So like, that's, I really would prefer if you didn't speak about like, what you don't know about <laughs> yeah. Yeah. little girl, yeah. little girl, that, that was she, wild. When she says that the little girl yeah. to Whitney, it like, you see the darkness in her. Yes. Yeah. And well, that's the other thing. I mean, also like she's kooky, but let's not like, I feel like we do this with Ramona a little bit too, of like the kookiness, but also she said in this past week's episode of like, well, you know, the, the Mexicans bringing all the drugs mm. in and all Disgusting. I'm like, that's just gross. I mean, like, that's not kooky. And for somebody that says everybody's racist towards her, like she has with Whitney and, and Heather Gay is that you are racist yourself, ma'am. You know, like mm-hmm. th- there's some wild uh, things coming out of your mouth. that it's just disgusting. You know? Yeah. I think so Lauren, this is Mary is somewhat, I feel like Lauren's passion project and the cultiness of the alleged cultiness of her church. Yeah. And I feel like people give Mary the benefit of the doubt because, and this is 
Lauren talked about this on our, our Patreon that because she is a minority in all aspects, one, because she's an African-American in Utah, two, she's a Christian in a predominantly Mormon area, three, she married her grandpa. And so I think we try to give her the benefit of the doubt and we don't hold her accountable for her actions and the things that she says. Well, it's almost, it's almost because we, we know she's kooky. So we don't hold mm-hmm. her accountable. Like Ramona, I feel like is we a little bit of the same way uh, until recently. We're like, well, that's Ramona. She just says but, horribly racist. Mm-hmm, yeah. She's kooky like that, you know, but, but we're finally starting to see the darkness peek through the kookiness and we're seeing who they really are. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, we truly saw who Ramona was last season and it was vile. Yeah, it really was. And, and ultimate girls trip, you see oh it as God. well. If you've been Ugh. following that, I mean, it just, this seems to be who this person is. And, you know, I was talking, I was talking with Ebony Williams today, actually mm-hmm. from Roni. And, and I, I was just saying, you know, I've heard the Ramona's like, it, it's I, I keep comparing it to like a musician and you hear the song their you know, their favorite, their most popular song, but if you see him all the time and hear that song all the time, you're like, okay, but I, I get it. I don't need to hear rocket man anymore. Right. And remote, <laughs> we've gotten Ramona's greatest hits again and again and again. And at a certain point, if the character doesn't learn, if there's no actually arc, which mm-hmm. we know we don't like our housewives to learn, but at a certain point it just gets old and you got to move on at a certain point. Right. It's like ev- right. at least evolve the trash human part, like at least be a, a different version of your trashy self. Like I think, I think in this time period, we want to believe, or at least I want to believe that we can change and we can do better or say, you know, mm-hmm. especially after the last couple of years we've gone through, we can't go back. We got to go forward, right. you know? Mm-hmm. She like fights that though. Like, I feel like Ramona truly digs her heels in and she's like, yeah. I'm not going forward. And in fact, you're all crazy for going forward. You know, the but only I, thing that's going forward is this poop I'm flinging everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> you guys, that's so bad. She needs a diaper. <laughs> I think I think Ramona's more capable of growing as a human than Mary is. Why mm. do you think that? Just be. I think Mary is so stuck in this. I mean, for God's sake, she married her grandpa because her grandma wanted her to, and we mm. learned that that was not written in a will that she just felt like she had to do that. And I think a lot of it was motivated by money and driven by money that she was going to be inherit her grandmother's finances as well as the church. And I just don't see if she was willing to do that and to stick with it for so long, like you can tell she's miserable in her relationship with her husband. She's vocalized it, I think in the reunion. And it's like, if she's that stubborn and willing to, stay in that. I just don't see any self-reflective growth coming from the show. I don't know. Yeah. Um, is there other, uh, cases or people or situations that you guys have your eyes on recently of like, that looks like it could, like, I've always heard things about Joey Gorga's real estate deals and, uh, you know, like, do you guys have your eyes on a bunch of things or, or anything that you're like, uh, if I was a betting man, I would, uh, maybe something's going to happen down the line with this. I feel like, um, I've already kind of heard rumblings of Whitney's husband being um, a little bit of an MLM multi-level marketing guy. So somebody pointed out to me, MLMs are not illegal. So he is that, but then certain, and maybe that is why Whitney knew, like, I know all the lead lists. I know, you know, she knew all the information, you know, but and then I would also say, 
Oh, you didn't hear that? No, breaking news. Well, yeah. No, I mean, that's, I think <laughs> it's old news, but <laughs> three MLMs, I believe, through the yeah. years. And, you know, I was kind of like, oh, maybe that's why Whitney knew all that information on the bus about like lead lists yeah. and good leads <laughs> and bad leads. But it just seems fishy. Well, so, I mean, but by the way, also, especially in this day and age, I mean, if, if I just sometimes don't, with the Jen Shaw, we saw that like, in 2014 or 17, they were made aware that they were being investigated and they went harder. They went mm-hmm. underground. They started using the Telegram app. They started using encrypted oh messages God. like okay. services instead of like cleaning up their act, which I just think is so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Jen Shaw was deposed about yeah. a case yeah. that was very similar to the case that she's being prosecuted for. And so I, that's why it's very difficult for me to believe this narrative that she's spewing. And I mean, it goes back to what you said about her being a liar. Um, but as she was put on notice of, and I don't think she cares. Do and they I have the transcripts purely... from when she did that, when she was uh, uh, on... deposed? Deposed? Do they have the transcripts? Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We will be back in just a second with the remainder of the show, but we, as we always do, have to get through some commercials right now. And I'm very proud of every uh, product or any company that sponsors this show. And we got three great ones today. So our first one is StoryWorth. Now, StoryWorth, this is a really, really cool product that I, uh, even before they sponsored the show, I got this for my mom a year and a half ago. And we still talk about this. She was actually bragging about it today. So this holiday season, um, you want to give gifts to loved ones that make them feel special and unique, just like the relationship that me and you guys share. So that's why uh, I gave everyone that I care about StoryWorth in my family. So StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. It's a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matter the most. 
So every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options. Uh, Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought to ask, like, you know, what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Or if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? Uh, For my mom, I wanted to ask all questions about her growing up. My thought with my mom was, I want to know the story of Becky Bailey's youth. Um, And I wanted to share that with my niece and nephew and my sister. And so each week, it would email her these questions. And she got to think about it and then write something down, put a picture with it. Uh, It's it's kind of really amazing. So after one year, StoryWorth will compile all your loved one's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. And I really, really do mean that. We got one book that is all colored photos. She bought a couple books that are just black and white. I just got a black and white one, but I still think it's really cool. And it's beautiful. It's like this hardcover bound. It has my mom's picture from when she was a kid on the cover. Uh, And it's, I can't, I can't, it just really is one of the coolest gifts that I've ever given my mom. And she loved it so much. Um, reading the weekly stories help connect you with loved ones, no matter how near or far apart you are. Um, with StoryWorth, I am giving those I love most a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and story stories for years to come. So go to storyworth.com slash so bad and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash so bad to save $10 on your first purchase. And I'm telling you, Becky Bailey loved this the most. So this is my mom approved. This made me look like such a badass at Christmas. I swear to I it was I really felt like I did something right for once in my life. Uh our next uh sponsor is a new one. It's Ritual. So you guys know, as always, I have been uh, trying to fight to stay healthy this whole year. I started off the year having COVID. Stuck. That really stunk. I also uh, got strep throat at a certain point. And finally, um, I'm like, you have got to you got to get healthy. 2022 has got to be about my health. And I think this next company can really help. So gaps in the diet shouldn't be ignored. Over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. And 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. So Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. But Ritual didn't stop there. They invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. The results? Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. Now, of course, I'm not a woman, but they do have men's vitamins and I have been taking those. And you guys, I am jacked right now. I have so much energy. I actually feel really good. And I like things like this and companies like this that you can trust because it takes so much to get out there and now work out every day and to eat right. And I feel like you need things like this where you can actually take a pill from a company you trust and it's going to help you and provide you with nutrients and things to keep you going, to keep energized, to keep feeling young, looking young, all of this stuff. 
Um, right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. So visit ritual.com, that's R-I-T-U-A-L.com forward slash so bad and turn healthy habits into a ritual. Oh, I see what they did there. <laughs> that's 10% off at ritual.com forward slash so bad. Um, that's a new one. I'm very excited. I am taking the men's vitamin. So if you guys do this, please, please, please let me know how you feel taking this. So uh, our final one is, uh, they were last week as well, is Wondery. We, of course, know the podcast company Wondery. Amazing. Um, their new show, I think you guys will find particular interest because of what it is about, which is kind of about reality shows. So in the early 2000s, millions of households across the world tuned in to watch contestants battle for the last rose or to be the final survivor on the island reality tv was beginning to dominate the airwaves and every show needed to be bigger flashier and more scandalous than the last but in the case of one infamous dating show the real drama was happening off screen and it would shape the future of reality tv the reality tv series there's something about miriam seemed like a pretty standard dating competition six young men vied for the affection of miriam rivera a beautiful model from Mexico. But when Miriam revealed that she was a trans woman during the show's finale, the on-screen drama sparked an international uproar about gender, sexuality, and whether reality television had finally gone too far. Wondery's new podcast miniseries, Harsh Reality, the story of Miriam Rivera, reveals what happened behind the scenes of this infamous TV show and how a multi-million dollar lawsuit and media fallout impacted impacted the lives of Miriam and the contestants and changed the rules of reality television forever. Uh, you guys, we always talk about this in this show. We appreciate where we are with reality TV today, but we need to go back and there's a rich history of how these shows came to be and all of these untold stories of behind the scenes. I think these shows are so amazing, but know what's even better are the stories behind the scenes with the actual crew, with the production, all of these things. We see it all the time or want to see it all the time with Bravo, but this is those stories or this is the story for this occasion. So follow Harsh Reality, the story of Miriam Rivera on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery. Plus an Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. Uh, you guys, those were the commercials for this week and now... Back for the remaining portion of the show. I'm we have sure a couple pages of them. We I'm do. Sh- yeah, I'm sure the whole transcript's out there, but it would be fascinating. Yeah, well, in, the, I mean, in the couple pages you have, did she say anything of words? Did she say like, I don't know what this is, you know? like She kind of just like stayed denying it. Like, not, you know, it's not bad. All this stuff, her and Stuart. Hmm. And I heard a lot of things about PK too. Oh and yeah, that's another oh. in terms of he his just, financial dealings. DUI he just got. Uh, yeah, we found out November twenty third, and they just released yeah. it yesterday. No. What was yeah. his BAC? A point seven three point oh seven three, I think. But then oh. when he got to the station, he blew right under the legal limit. Mm. Oh, okay, so he will probably get what is called a wet and reckless because of the low blood alcohol did you say, level. Did you, say, did you say wet and reckless? Yeah. So like W E T. Yes. That's gross. Wet and right. That sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a Chippendales review. Like what? I mean, like oh, that's my forte or DUI process. I used to do a lot of DUI jury trials. Oh god. And yeah, generally a blood alcohol level like that, he's probably going to get a wet and reckless. And in the state of California, they've also 
created a new law where you can get a pretrial diversion for a DUI. So he could do something rehabilitative, like alcohol classes, AA classes, and then um, show proof to the court and the court could dismiss it. Mm. And then he's already apologized through his representation of like, (laughs) he regrets it. He had one drink at dinner and didn't realize uh, that's a lie, but (laughs) of course it's a lie. Yeah, of course. Can't get to a 0.07 with one alcohol or one drink. So (laughs) I think the other one too, that Lauren put me on notice of was the new orange uh, orange County housewife. Sweet James. Oh my God. Sweet James. And, um, the doctor, Dr. Jen. Oh, I didn't know what's going on with Dr. Jen. Apparently she's been sued a couple of times for like medical malpractice stuff and like, uh, not paying contracts and stuff like that, which seems honestly pretty normal. I feel like these rich people don't love paying their contracts or their taxes. And then Lauren, the new, cause we just got the Miami trailer that dropped and is it Lisa? Is that her name? Lisa Hochstein. Yeah. Lenny, her husband. Yeah. And her husband's dealing with a lot of malpractice lawsuits as well. I believe if that's how they're classifying them, because I think it was a botched surgery of sorts. Um, So we're going to keep our eye out on that. Yeah. Wow. I I mean, it, it really seems like you know, for the business you're in, business is good right now because <laughs> there's really not. And and the thing is, this, you know, goes through all of pop culture right now. I did want to touch on Astro World because you guys really did a great job of explaining what exactly happened, the timeline of events, which is very, um, was very huge for me. And also, um, I found it fascinating that TikTok, you were able to piece together a timeline and from different shots of the stage, you could hear certain things in the back mm-hmm. of each one and you would assemble a timeline. And I was not aware of just how long he had known and he kept going. Like that was mm-hmm. very new to me where I had switched. I kind of was like, well, you know, you can't blame the guy for then mm-hmm. I listened to your podcast and I really came out of that of like, um, fuck that guy. Like that guy yeah. should not be performed. Like, I mean, he has a whole history of this, obviously. But then just today I was reading that he has entered his first, was it a formal plea of saying he has no, he should be, he should not be able to be sued at all. Correct. Did you, did you so, see this? Yeah. So he filed, um, so this is, we're in civil land again with Astroworld at this point, but we should keep an eye out because I think criminal charges will eventually be filed. Um, the, I think the homicide narcotic unit is still conducting their investigation, but he was asking the court, basically his attorney, which everyone's making a big hoopla about this. Like there are certain things you have to do as an attorney to make sure that you are fully representing your client and you don't want to be an ineffective attorney and you have to do everything you can to represent your client to the fullest extent. And so by doing that, his attorney filed the motion to dismiss saying, Hey, look, he had nothing to do with it. And I don't know, did we get a ruling on it? Did the court make a ruling at this point? I don't believe so. I I mean, I, I, I think it was just that he, he, he filed this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that is not, that is not shocking to me you know, because you don't want to be an ineffective attorney and you want to represent your client. And you so have we, to do we knew this was coming. We knew that he was yeah, going to file. Of course. Probably he's something gonna, like this. He's going to do everything he can to get out of it. And, and I believe live, to, I believe live nation filed something similar as well. Probably. Yeah. 
And it's the way the litigation ball like starts rolling. It's like mm-hmm. someone accuses you of something and you say, I absolutely did not do that. And you can't say that I did that. And then that's when like the process starts and we start doing discovery and chatting with people and doing depositions and stuff. So it's, he, he had, he sort of has to say like, oh, I didn't do it. Like leave me out of this, but we all know that it's very likely that he's gonna, I mean, he'll, I doubt that a judge would ever let him out of responsibility for that. No, I, I think it's definitely an issue for the trier of fact being a jury. I don't see a judge making a ruling on such a a controversial topic. And I would assume this whole case is going to settle out of court. I mean, settle out of court. I mean, but like, how do you put a dollar amount? I mean, people are talking, I mean, there's so many lawsuits filed for even the people that are living still from Astro mm-hmm. World, you know, that putting, putting them through this is that, I mean, and, you know, in your opinion, you know, do you think the legal system still works? Mm, that's a good oh. question. Um, I do. I think our legal system works and it's set up to work. I think it's flawed. Um, I think there's areas just like medicine, you know, you hope that the medical field, you know, is successful and it works, but there's probably still flaws that exist and it's, you're still practicing. Yeah. And with a situation like Travis Scott, there's so many victims and the same, I guess we were comparing it to, I know they're two completely different situations, but the shooting in Las Vegas, like that is a concert where you have multiple victims, people that were witnesses to it, multiple fatalities. And that unfortunately litigation's ongoing because Mm -hmm. there's so much discovery. There's so many statements. It's so voluminous in nature that it does take a really long time. And that's the problem I have with these really wealthy, even going back to our housewives, like what we want to see is we want to see them take accountability for their actions. And it's just disgusting to see, I guess, Travis Scott, even though he was doing it with purpose, like the motion to dismiss, I think what people want to see is to him just write a check and say, here you go. I'm so sorry. I will but he can't, forever. he can't, he can't do that though. No, he doesn't no. want to do that. He wants, mm-hmm. I mean, like, and that's, that's the problem. That's the that's what's upsetting. I don't think that's our legal system. I think it's the the defendants who are unwilling to take accountability, accountability for their actions. I mean, that is the thing. I mean, like, you know, these things did happen and they happen on your watch and, and with the, the astro world, especially is that this could have been prevented. Like we knew, you know, is that if he likes to rage, like that's mm-hmm. his whole thing, then you got to have ample security. So when people rage, right. they're protected and you got to have ample like uh, medical staff. They only had medical staff for like, you know, what, like half the people or. or, or yeah, it was very them. insufficient. And even to the point of um, the fact, the way that the stage was set up was completely out of line. Like it was set up specifically so that Apple music could get the best view of the stage to live stream this concert. And they knew that it would be detrimental to the people in the crowd to have the stage like that. Um, but they did it anyway for the Apple music and for the money. And going back to kind of what you asked about, you know, the legal system and if it's working and all that, I think there's a real question, at least for a lot of people that I know, and at least for me, where it's like, 
it seems to me like people aren't really getting in trouble so much for the things that they do. And it's like a lot of people are pushing the line because they have all this money that it's like, I mean, to Kylie or I'm sorry, Kylie's not responsible for this at all, but let's say she, this happened to her and she has a billion dollars to write a check, to make all this go away for someone with that much money. It almost makes it seem like a lawless land because you can just settle anything with a check or like Tom Girardi get so far in your career by manipulating the legal system. Or even Mary this week, giving out purses and shoes to the exactly. girls. On Salt Lake, you know? <laughs> so and weird. then wanting it back. <laughs> oh. I mean, it is a weird society that we live in and I'm sure it always has been, but money seems to be the forefront of so many mm-hmm. things right now. And uh, I find it really I don't know, disturbing for so many, many reasons. And I I just keep going back to the amount of time that he knew something was wrong. And then, I mean, it was something like 30 to 40 minutes pass. Yeah. You know, something really ridiculous and people were passing out and people, I mean, I'm honestly shocked hearing all the things and reading all the things since then that only we've had 10 fatalities. I agree with you. That shocks me every single time I see the number 10. I'm like, that is crazy. I thought there would be way way more people, but you know, that we don't have the running tally of the people who are really suffering from life altering issues, like their PTSD from this. And so, yeah, 10 people died, but the injuries also for the people who are living are so outrageous. Like, and, and I don't understand how they had people going up on the stage saying like, people are getting hurt. People are dying. People are being crushed and how someone could go all the way onto the stage at a concert and no one stopped the show. Like that scares me for so many reasons. Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, I, I mean, I knew a couple of people that were in the audience for the, uh, that where the Vegas shooter was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they still deal with PTSD oh, yeah. from it. And they get yeah. so, I mean, imagine, you know, what, 50,000 people that have PTSD from a, you know, a huge event. And mm-hmm. I know we live in a very litigious society and everybody sues everybody for everything, but there, these are, these are real issues. And and mm-hmm. I thought the other disgusting part and, and BetterHelp is a sponsor of this show. And, and I don't want to, uh, but I did find that weird that there was a partnership with BetterHelp and mm-hmm. you could say, well, that's a really good thing, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. not, I mean, BetterHelp, I think is a, a good company, but you know, was that a time to be partnering with any company, you know, like, was that Travis Scott partnered with BetterHelp to get people therapy? Yeah, yeah. it is interesting. And I wonder if there was any financial benefit from that. So or... from, from my understanding, there was no financial benefit and Thank God. They, they partnered from what I gathered from my research, they partnered with his Cactus Jack charity so that it could be like the, um, therapy would be funded that way. However, it was restricted to like three sessions, um, within a three month period or whatever. Like there were definitely restrictions on that. I don't, I feel like it might have been a better move for better help to just be like, Hey, we're offering this service if you were there and not really partner so directly with 
Travis, well, in my opinion. That's the other thing that I, I, you know, uh, Travis Scott is headlining Coachella this year in April uh, for two weekends. And do do they stay with Travis Scott as the headliner? Will Travis Scott perform again at this point now? If he does, that's even further liability, right? Like, and Mm -hmm. you could say, okay, Golden Voice who puts on Coachella, they're like, okay, we're going to hire a thousand medics and a thousand security just so this guy can play. But still, aren't you leaving yourself then open in certain ways? How do they get insurance after something like that? Like, how could how could they have event insurance? Like knowing that 10 people died at the last event he he put on. But the thing is, is yet the personal insurance. But I wonder with Coachella, if because Coachella is such a money machine Mm -hmm. that they are they know this is going to be such a huge deal that they say, hey, look, it's part of your contract. like an indemnification clause saying, Hey, we'll cover you and we'll use our insurance. If you just play, because think how the, how popular. And I mean, people are, first of all, it's the first Coachella back from COVID. And second of all, we're going to have Travis Scott, who was this huge controversial figure in 2021 headlining the concert. And I, it will be interesting. And this is something Lauren and I have actually talked about is I I don't know why municipalities and local agencies aren't requiring artists of his magnitude, like people that are bringing in over 10,000 people say for a concert outdoor with standing room only, why they're not required to submit safety plans, you know, a safety plan to the city, to the board of supervisors, whoever, to the county council, city attorney and say, Hey, look, like these are the measures I'm taking to make sure your community safe. Mm-hmm. And I just think it would be beneficial. And I, and maybe well, hopefully, I mean, hopefully this is yeah. what happens. For, I mean, and that's what I know Alec Baldwin was talking about, about the rust mm-hmm. set and the, the, the killing of the mm-hmm. director of photography of like, well, what can be put in place from this point on, um, you know, which is another interesting uh, event, but so I think it's a real make or make or break this Coachella thing because Coachella can either, like you said, keep him, and really stand up for, and and if if they do, they give him a career for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coachella, because they're giving him a path. They're giving him like, no, we stand by you. We think it's gonna, and and most likely they'll make sure that nobody, you know, quote unquote, dies. Yeah. Uh, but then on the other hand, if they, you know, do cancel him, then I think, yeah, that guy's going to have a really hard time performing uh, for a very very long time. Yeah. And I think you make a good point. Like, I think that it's going to take a huge festival to cancel and cut him off from performing to kind of set the tone for the rest of the festivals and other organizations that may hire him on as, or even him going off and doing his own, his own tour. Well, why but, he, why he even would want to is like upsetting right. to me. Like money he would, I know money, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that's where it's like, man, like, I think the sometimes even with like we talked about to bring it back to Erica Jane is I we I think we sometimes want these kind of personal things to see that you went through something to see that you're going through something something very painful and we almost there is this kind of uh, the audience is a jury in a way and we mm-hmm. want to see you affected by what happened and what you potentially caused mm-hmm. and it's been very unsatisfying in terms of somebody like Erica Jane mm-hmm. Jen, Jen, I think Jen Shaw will go to prison never admitting her guilt Oh, she'll never admit it. She well, she's gonna doesn't appeal believe that. She, yeah. She's going to appeal that till the end of time. Wait, can, exactly. wait, wait. wait can, so if she appeals it, does that prevent her from going into prison or does she have to go no. to prison? No. So she can, if they, if she is found guilty, 
and they sentence her. So she'll likely sit in county. If she's found guilty, they'll arrest, they'll take her into custody, remand her right then and there. She will sit in a county jail until the sentencing. At that time, the prosecution will make their pitch for sentencing. The defense will make their pitch for sentencing. And then the judge will make a ruling. And sometimes with jury trials, they make the recommendation for sentencing. Um, And in that moment, the judge will say, hey, you're going to prison for 15 years. And then they ship her off to state prison. And during that process, she'll submit appeals because they'll look at evidentiary issues. They'll look at, you know, was the jury tainted? Um, yeah, they'll look at all those. I was just thinking about Coachella too. The other headliner, one of the other headliners is Rage Against the Machine. And I'm like, that's a lot of anger for one weekend. Yeah, you know? that's like, a lot that's of a, mosh pitting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so as we start winding down here, it, it um, this has gone way too fast. Has there been any uh, kind of legal maneuvering or something that you've been in admiration of watching like, oh, Jen Shaw's lawyer did something really interesting. I really respect that. Like, has there been ever anything that you've learned or like, that was a very good legal move? I think for me, I've learned what not to do more so than <laughs> what to do. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, like, I feel like there's been a lot of, I mean, even with Jen coming out with this motion of, Hey, the Homeland Security people were involved in the hustler show. So I don't think, yeah, yeah, you know, so just things that that attorney has done the Chaudhry firm and the way they've written things. I've just been like, Oh, I know never to do that. Um, but the, like being excited and, and learning things I think has been from like watching other people, like I've learned a lot from Emily D Baker and I've learned a lot from working with cash. Like, it's really from hearing other people talk about it and stuff and hearing their opinion. Yeah. I don't think that I've learned anything that's groundbreaking from, you know, the, the council that's representing Erica Jane or representing Jen Shaw. And we will, we will say though, in that Jen Shaw, the episode where she sits down with her attorney, I'm positive that that was just some random person she called for a legal consultation consultation that was willing to film. I don't think that was her attorney because I can't imagine an attorney representing somebody in a criminal proceeding of that magnitude would allow a camera in to waive attorney client privilege. And so it, I just, yeah. I mean, it also, I mean, I didn't know about like a Homeland security person did speak. I mean, to me, that was even shocking of like, yo, like, should you be speaking? Like, this is still like, listen, I mean, like I'm all for Jen getting prosecuted, but I thought like, isn't there some kind of like, maybe don't speak until the trial happens. So there is a local rule in um, a local criminal rule. And that is the rule that judge Shaw's defense attorneys brought up in that memo that Uh, motion that Lauren referenced, it's the rule 23.1. And it basically says like, you can't make statements that could potentially prejudice a defendant during an ongoing criminal proceeding. But I I don't think that there's much weight in Jen Shaw's motion. I think it's a lot of conclusory statements that aren't supported by any set of facts. And I think the government's opposition to her motion is much stronger because Mm -hmm. they actually put in all of the statements that were made by the Homeland Security agents. And And they they actually cite law where Jen's attorney like never cited any law. She's just like, it hurt our feelings. And yeah, Lauren brings up a really good point. Like you can make some whiny argument to the court 
And, but it has to be substantiated by some type of existing law. And she really doesn't do that. She simply, she barely states the local rule in her motion. And then she just says, look, this prejudiced my client. It's tainted. The jury pool's tainted. We can't do this. Like just dismiss the case. Mm -hmm. And I think (laughs) all of us know with criminal trials that have huge publicity, that's not enough. Like look at the Mm -hmm. OJ Simpson trial. Yeah. That, That trial went on. Yeah. And that was a yeah. man who was being convicted of murder that was being publicized everywhere. I mean, forgot. And I, I, it just wasn't, it didn't carry a lot of weight, but I think the government's opposition was great. They cite case law. They use language from other cases saying, Hey, look, this isn't overly prejudicial and no way affects her right to a fair trial. We're going to proceed with the voir dire process of jury selection as we would normally. And then they also bring up the fact Lest we not forget that Jen Shaw's still on camera talking about this. Right. Yeah. I mean, making jokes about it. I yeah. mean, we'll see, yeah. you know. Um, it is, and and also the Southern District of New York, from what I hear, is very good, you know, like Ooh, they know so what they're doing. And I think that's yeah. another very fascinating thing. I was talking to the Bravo docket last week and I, I said, Oh, you guys need to do a show for Bravo where you um, you know, prosecute on both sides of like famous Bravo cases, even like who's guilty, Monique or Candace, in terms yeah. of that thing. <laughs> Maybe you should like, you know, Bravo docket should be on one side. You guys be on the other. Wait, and, that's and, such and, a good idea. We then, should do trial. And then the, the, there should be like, um, like a Supreme court of uh, judges or whatever. That is a great idea. You know? I'm going to sue anybody that takes that. <laughs> yeah. Lauren, don't take that. We're doing yeah. that. That sounds Lauren, so good. Well, you used to do something Lauren used to do something very similar on our stories where she would do these little criminal trials with another, one of our followers and she, classic sky top. She has an Instagram page. And they would go back and forth and state their case mm-hmm. and then render a verdict at the end. And it would be so fun to do that with another set of attorneys. Well, I think that's where we're at too, though. Yeah. Because, I mean, like there's so with many- real evidence and <laughs> yes. like real arguments. That would be wild. Yeah. Andy, but, um, are you listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's definitely not listening. <laughs> um, it's, like the, it's like the people's couch, but the people's bench, you know? That's, ex- oh that's my exactly, God. that's exactly it. Cause I said, you could switch out like the jury or this, like the judge or whatever to like a different, like celebrity judge or, oh you know, God. meme accounts could be a jury, you know, like the whole thing. It would be really interesting. I think. Uh, and I think we're, we're really at that point. Oh my God. <laughs> But think about it, every day we're like judge, jury, and executioner. Just yeah, looking through our Instagram accounts with all these things. Anyways, we all have strong opinions on them. But I love your show because you actually deal in facts, and I think that there's a huge market for that. So uh, the show is allegedly Bravo. How do we support you guys? I know you have a Patreon now. Uh, so first thing first, I know is to subscribe to the podcast, folks. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, we always tell everybody go leave a five star review even before you listen to the podcast. Uh, you know, do that as a solid because it is the freest, easiest thing that you can do for a podcaster uh, without having to pay them anything. Your reviews actually do mean anything. But how else do we support? Uh, we have a really fun Instagram page um, at Allegedly Bravo. That's always fun to just be chatting with people. Um, but we also have a Patreon page uh, where we have different tiers that you can support us at. A dollar a month will get you a newsletter every month. $3 will get you all ad-free episodes. And then we start having bonus content and things like that. So if you want to head over to our Patreon, that would be great. But just listening to our podcast and hanging out with us on Instagram and just having fun. We love 
interacting with our followers. Yeah, yeah so it really fun. is. It is the coolest. I mean, I I don't get to do it as much as I would like to, but it it really is the best thing about all of this is the people involved because they are kind of like the coolest, smartest, funniest people. Like yeah. the people that watch Bravo, you know. Yeah, and they always have like such good tea. Like they slide in with just like the best tea in the DMs. And I'm like, if everyone could just do that, like my life would be so happy. (laughs) Uh, Lauren, when's the next time you're going to be taking the bar? February, 2022. February, 2020. Like literally I'm like, oh, is that a year and a half from now? I'm all, wait, when, what year is it? But yeah, (laughs) the end of February, fingers crossed. I will fucking pass this motherfucker this got time. This. Yes. <laughs> um, well, thank you guys. I hope you'll come back on again. This was uh, went yes. really way too fast. And uh, yeah, let us know if we can do anything else for you. But you guys, allegedly Bravo, uh, please go support and, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you Bye. so much. Five, four, three, two. Betches.